Welcome to Spirit Healer, a Hearthstone Mercenaries podcast. Your resting point between quests. Let's join our hosts as we talk about this week's events in Hearthstone Mercenaries. Welcome to Spirit Healer, a Hearthstone Mercenaries podcast, a podcast focused on taking you through Mercenaries news, updates, and weekly topics to keep you at the top of your Mercenaries game. I'm Dragon Rider, joined as always by my fellow hosts, Cinder and Simba. How are you two doing today? What a time to be alive. Oh. What a time to be alive. Yeah, it's um, they, life comes at you real fast sometimes. And uh, yeah, manifest the things you want in the universe, y'all, because if you if you keep putting it out there it will happen it's it's all it's all about that mindset y'all that's true and if you don't life will come by smack you in the face and keep running it will not stop and you won't catch it (laughs) there you go well as you can tell uh last week was maybe a bit heavy it was very dense uh we had a lot to talk about last week but on the other side you know this week it's a holiday week here in the united states it's thanksgiving week uh, but we didn't really get a lot of like news or, or anything in relative to or relative to mercenaries. So there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, pr- most people at Blizzard have this week off as well. So there's not a ton going on. But holy moly, we did not get a chance because there was so many things to talk about. Uh, so <laughs> we're, we're going to talk a little bit this week. But we did have at least the uh, new expansion was announced, which is cool, right? So uh, we've had the Alterac Valley, all of that announced. And I don't know if we, I can't remember, honestly, if we mentioned it last week because there was so many things. Uh but oh, that it it dropped. The announcement for Alterac dropped this at the same time as that damn article. That's that's okay, why. Yeah, we didn't get chance. <laughs> yeah, and so just want to reiterate. I know Simba brought this up um, before we were recording, so like just want to make sure that if you you weren't aware that now because Mercenaries is out, uh, the Mega Bundle is including a Merc Legendary and five packs that you get immediately upon getting that bundle. So you get those now, you can open those packs now. You don't have to wait till like the expansion or anything. Uh, so if you are missing a mercenary legendary, you want some packs, that kind of thing. Those are included if you're planning on getting the mega bundle as well, uh, which pretty neat that we're seeing mercenary stuff included as well. Just makes that mega bundle even better of a deal. Yeah. Do you guys get the mega bundles? Do you guys, do you guys pre-order stuff at all? Yes. I don't currently. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little under budget on stuff for the for the moment. That'll that'll change soon. But but Don, you 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 do right. Yeah yeah I do, and I kind of always have like I I've usually always done the just the mega bundle, uh, but now you know as this has kind of become my full time job, it's it's at least a little more reasonable and you know a, a tax write off kind of thing to be able to do that. So yeah. I always make sure that. Like, so this time I'll definitely be getting both bundles, kind of trying to be doing a little bit of content in relative to that. So, yeah, I'm definitely getting them, but I've always gotten the mega bundle usually at least. So I'm like, hey, cool. We get a little bit more stuff on top of that for about the same value we've been paying anyways. So, yay. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking. I, I, when I was younger, I always had like a small budget for like getting new games. And then after I hit college, I started playing like the same three games, you know, like you find your favorite game or whatever. (laughs) Um, So like, that's how, yeah. So instead of, you know, like going out and buying game pass or seven games throughout the year, I'll just 
get, you know, four mega bundles. Um, there's a couple times that I've gotten both bundles, but this mega bundle, this mega bundle looks amazing for the, you know, the $80 that it is. Like, like value-wise, we don't even have to get into the nitty-gritty of it, but value-wise, it looks amazing. Because there's, there's legendaries. There's two, I believe. I didn't realize that there was a little two flag on it for standard legendaries, and they look golden, question mark? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think they, they've been giving away gold, goldens with more frequency lately. Yeah, so, so a couple golden legendaries, a few golden regular packs. The five mercenary packs is really cool, though. They're like, hey, you want to taste? When a sip of this juice, and I'm like, I, I guess, cool, open those up, you know, and you're like, I'll give you a legendary too, blow, hop on in. That's how they get you. Yeah, so that one's, I mean, value there. The value's definitely there. Value is definitely there. And if you're already, you know, super into mercenaries, which you probably are if you're here, the uh, the legendary mercenary bundle down below, it's 10 bucks for a random legendary and 10 packs, which if you go back a few episodes, value-wise is pretty good. I don't know that I'll get it. I'm not sure, but value-wise, it's good. I like that one. Yeah, I, I definitely think they started uh, making better value with some of those bundles, at least, at least a little bit. We'll see if they continue changing things up or trying different like price points and stuff. But uh, yeah, pretty interesting. Um, I just, well, I'll plug something later. Uh, okay, how did, how or how have the balance adjustments worked for everybody? We had, we had those changes, right? We've got, how many, those... What did it say? Several, several changes. And we spent yeah. like 30 minutes talking about <laughs> how have those uh, affected your mercenaries play so far? Uh, Simba, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, affecting mercenaries play, not a ton. I mean, so personally, I've, I've had, you know, a little bit of PvP in the last week. Didn't see much. A lot of the comps are the same. Granted, I'm not super high. I'm still like in the four or five thousand. Um, so I don't know what it looks like. Top, top, top ladder. Um, throughout PVE, the changes didn't affect me too much. Um, most of the stuff, whether it's grinding for tasks, um, or coins specifically, I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't change what comps I was using at, at all, basically for farming. However, it did change the mercenaries that I wanted to upgrade faster. Like I put, it put cookie really high up on the list. It put, um, I believe Don really high up on my list of stuff that I wanted to get finished. Uh, and there was one more, I feel like. I'll think of it later. If I think of it, I'll yell it out. But that's that's what changed mostly is <laughs> which which mercenaries I wanted to get to 30 fastest. For for my on my end, like um one of one of my better or my one of my more frequent uh grinding builds for the for the high level stuff is uh is like a holy humans kind of comp that has like both of the Romes, or well, I guess there's three Romes, but the two the two holy Romes, Cariel and Cornelius. Uh, and also, uh, Tyrion is in there as well. And they all got, uh, bumped up by the, by the, by the changes. And Cornelius feels really good. The, the whole making hold the front cool down to, to zero just lets him heal on command. So you don't necessarily have to have like a dedicated healer and like he can be the dedicated healer in the group. Um, so that, so I, I started doing this. I started doing, it's, uh, Tyrion, since Tyrion has bumped up stats, Cornelius in the middle and Anduin on the right. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter if they're left or right, but you know what? Cornelius is in the middle. That's the important part. You know he can he can heal and block the attacks on the on the on the other two to keep him from getting focused down by the you know by by the enemy minions. And you know his his health starts coming down, and then Anduin can follow up with his healing abilities to to keep him boosted back up, and then. 
uh, Tyrion does his, you know, bubble plus stat bump, and like Cornelius is back to to full health. It's 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 a really efficient comp that I've had a lot of fun with. Uh, so I need to I probably just need to go back and beat the rest of Black Rock Mountain because I think that's a that's a a good one to try it with. But um, other than those, I also found Mutinous to be super fun now. <laughs> with that, the scaly taunt, the iridescent necklace, like letting him uh, taunt and and ignore eight damage, like on every hit. Just oh my, it's so good, you know. And no critical hits either uh, with the necklace. So it's like he's he's so tough, and 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 I I just I love his uh, his his abilities, like just being able to completely eat minions and gain their gain their stats. It's a he's just fun. Um, so like the Murlocs, uh, I, I've found to be a lot more fun. I, I don't know if I would call them more viable as like, you know, a high level grinding comp. They're still, they still have their issues, but way better than they used to be for sure. I like, I like them a lot now. I mean, I liked them a lot before, but I like them even more now. And I think that earns me a, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The iridescent, iridescent necklace is a banger of an equipment absolutely this would be a cool example of something like for a casual mode like competitive but casual i don't even know how that makes sense it makes sense you've played standard um yeah to see you know because putting putting uh murloc comps it might it might drop your mmr in competitive but that would be a super fun thing like you said all the murlocs are super fun now i'd love to take them in there and you know make some for the memes videos for the tube right like that would be amazing for the you face the, yeah. the us tube and stuff. Face yeah, Tankster. <laughs> Tankster was talking about uh, maybe thinking about doing a a, a peons uh, format, which would be like kind of like a casual tournament, but like no legendaries basically. I'm like, I'm down for that, man. That sounds dope. Let's do it. Yes, yes. I think uh, people familiar with Magic usually refer to it as popper, right? Like a popper format. But yes, so yes. Uh, popper format. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been kind of interesting. Like, yeah, I, I'm kind of right in the middle of the two of you, I guess, in terms of how I, I felt for the changes. I don't feel like I've gotten to try them all or, or really a lot of the ones that I've wanted to because I don't have all of them or have all of them leveled yet. But I definitely, I did want to try Murlocs, but I'm also really interested in um, finishing up Demons because there was a lot of Demon mm-hmm. stuff that, that was changed and i i want to try like a demon comp and and really see how that feels but yeah i'm missing like one or two of the uh, in terms of actually like leveling it i just need to put in the work to level it and and get the you know equipment and stuff for them but i want to i want to try some demons i think that's probably going to be one of my next goals to work towards yeah i agree demons is like super fun manoroth isn't one that's mentioned very often but that's the one like just a, a personal one for me that I want to try out in the demon comp. Like I, I really like how Manoroth is built. I don't I wouldn't say he's necessarily top tier. Again, I don't know. He's not maxed, but that's that's part of why I want to try. Besides the the Draxis changes, of course, which were super, super, super yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I I've I played with them a little bit. Um having having Draxis be able to to spit out fell fell infernals every turn is is pretty good. Cause like Fist of Draxis is okay-ish as an ability the 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 cooldown one means you know it's not a core ability right it's going to be every other turn and you know legion burst being a slow death blow means it's 
sometimes useful. So being able to spit out the Fel Infernal every turn makes him way more flexible in, in how he, he works out in the comp. Now, the, the thing that I find difficult with the, the demon comp is that it's there's no true taunt in in the group. So it, it's hard to control how your how the opponents attack into them. Um, but they, you know, they, they do have a lot of overlapping synergies, obviously, and, um, being able to flood the board with demons, you know, it makes, especially if you take, uh, uh, Tamsin Rome, cause she actually has a, she, her ability also pops out a demon and that can, that can kind of tie in with, uh, Gul'dan's shadow abilities. So, you know, it, the, the, the demon shadow overlap is, is pretty high. And actually, now that I mentioned it, Tamsin can... Tamsin generates a taunt. The, the little shadow demon is a taunt, so it's doable. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's not a it's not a it's not the best comp in, in my humble opinion. But yes, very fun be, just because of how you can trigger all the the, the synergies very very easily. Really, I really want to do a thing like I, I I take some inspiration a lot from Kriparian, and so like plays battlegrounds most of the time now. Um, but after he gets to a certain MMR, he'll just like tank his MMR. Because most of the content is like, this is fun. This is a fun build. This is a cool build. And like, I think that would be super awesome to do is just be like, you know what? This month, I'm not worrying about comp. We're just going to do demons at low MMR. We're going to do murlocs at low MMR. We're going to do humans at low MMR. And just find the craziest stuff that could work. Because we're always going to get that like 1 in 50 game where it works out and everybody's screaming and it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I think that would be the, super fun. It's the Twitch clip, right? You know? Yeah, that's uh, the one. Yeah, but... That 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 kind of play actually is like super important in developing metas because there there has to be someone who's willing to try the goofiest stuff that like the corner case stuff that no one will try because how else do you find like those hidden gems that you know that that can really like surprise the the, the meta right so the, being that person is is not not only is it fun but it's actually helpful for developing metas so like don't be afraid to be that person even if you're a competitive player because that's you know it's it's all part of the the the, the tapestry of competitive play i thought about it like that i like that yeah we're gonna do that <laughs> yes well I, I feel like this might be a good transition point talking about like competitive play. We're talking about all the fun and the crazy things you can do, but let's talk about what people have done for some competitive stuff. We talked a couple weeks ago about wanting to talk a little bit, at least about the, uh, the mercenaries portion of that global invitational that happened. And yeah, then there was some, not so great things that we definitely had to talk about last week. So uh, yeah. it kind of ended up getting pushed off a little bit, but uh, let's, let's talk about it. I, we're not going to talk about all of the decks because that's just like, there's way too many uh, to mercenaries and things that happen. But uh, Simba, do you want to give us like a little breakdown of what we are going to talk about? What are we going to actually be kind of going over? Yeah. So we took some stuff from the, the latest Hearthstone Invitational, which was super cool. Multiple day event. It was nice to see everybody playing together, casting together, and all the fun ideas that were brought from everywhere. Um, we found, at a minimum, it looks like there's a tweet here. It says the uh, newest top 15 win rate mercs. That's cool, because I hadn't looked through that. But then also, uh, some of the changes that happened, specifically in Americas, with the four Mercenaries Warbands um, that they were bringing pre-changes and then post-changes. Um, 
and all of these I do believe were pre-patch, right? So yes. it was like, yeah. So I guess I sh it shouldn't say pre and post changes, but pre and post uh, new mercenaries dropping um, and see how those compositions changed a little bit because America's did win uh, the mercenaries portion. And so I, th I we thought it would be interesting to, to look through there and see what they thought was good and what they thought was better from the new selection of mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. Walk, walk us through it. I'm, I'm interested to hear how, how they adjusted their deck list based on the, the new mercenaries. <clears throat> so there was four decks. Um, I can't remember which one was banned. Like I, I don't know which one they did not get to use. Um, yeah, we'll just look through them one by one, I guess. Deck deck A for Americas was, I believe, like a, a what you would consider Nature Samuro. I don't know if these things have names, but <laughs> Nature Samuro. <laughs> um, you know, so the the original deck list was you know Malfurion, Karen for your protectors, Brucon, Anduin for your casters, and then Blademaster Samuro and Diablo for your fighters, and then the new version. Um, it kept pretty much everything the same. You had Malfurion, Karen, Diablo, Samuro, Brucon, and then they swapped Anduin for for Cookie, for Cookie the Cook, which was super interesting because I, I saw Cookie the Cook and I was like, okay, another mercenary might be might be good, cool. We'll see. We'll check it out what happened. And then even today when we were looking through, I was like, why in the heck did they put Cookie in this deck? And I was looking at all of Cookie stuff for I don't know how long would you say? I was probably staring at it for five minutes, just staring at Cookie. Like, why is this in here? Um, and we came up with a couple of hypotheses, and then and then we realized that Cookie's abilities are not only fast with the fish feast being two speed, but they're also nature abilities. And I was like, okay, everything makes sense now. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. Starting comp, you know, obviously is going to be your uh, Malfurion, and then probably probably Malfurion, Brucon, and Samuro. You want to try to get your one hits out with Samuro, just clear something off the board. Um, and then after that, my personal thought is that you would just throw out Cookie. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think. You'd you'd toss out out of the last three, but I think you'd throw out Cookie after one of your um, mercenaries dies. Well, so like with with Brucon kind of you know in the mix, if Brucon starts out and you know gets gets that escalating nature damage bonus going, then Cookie's a uh, all of his abilities just becomes ooh, super good. Like. Because the the cookies cooking that bleed gets bumped by the nature damage, so like and that stacks like you can just stack bleed to uh, effects on the on the entire opposing warband, so it 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 adds up really quickly. Um, and even though it doesn't get the healing kick because you know he's the only murloc or pirate in the group, fish feasts still has the death blow, which which gives the health bonus. Um, and if, and being at speed too means it, it hits really fast. Like you can pretty predictably hit a death blow when you need it and get that extra health. But the other thing that we noticed about cookie is just the, the appetizers, the, the tier seven, um, equipment start of game, give friendly characters plus nine health at, at top level at, at, at rank four, which is really good. Like that's, a, that's a chunk of damage to, to, to be able to, to allow the, the warband to, to take. So. Yeah, AOE healing, fast ability, nature, procs with Brucon, and then extra health for everybody. It's a no-brainer. Like, like you said, it's it. You, you think you're like a Murloc? Why would you take a Murloc? Well, it has nothing to do with the Murloc. It's just his abilities actually work pretty well with Brucon. Yeah, and the uh, the life root staff as well for Malfurion. 
Is oh, that yeah. passive? Whenever you cast a nature ability, restore three health to your characters. So like even more healing, like you're saying. And then okay, well, Cookie's abilities are nature, so you're just you're flinging nature spells and healing all over the place. Yeah, it can get crazy. Yeah, and that was something they actually swapped. Um, the original deck was using the Briarthorn, and then the secondary deck was using the Life Fruit Staff which, as you mentioned, is is not only the best, but the correct swap there. So good on them for doing that. Um, I think that's actually the only equipment that was changed, but a, a very smart transition there by them. Yeah. So what, what was the... Uh, what about the rest of the decks? How, does, how did Deck B stack up with the, with the changes? Deck B. So Deck B started out as uh, King Crush, Rexar, Gruul, Mukla... Valen Anduin, which I'm looking at that. I'm like, all right, you got your heal, you got your beasts. That looks like a lot of fun. Swap over to what yeah. they actually brought. They brought Ragnaros, Garden Don Grasp, Karen Bloodhoof, Tavish Stormpike, Diablo, Berenget. I was I was very confused, honestly. I, you know, I was expecting way way less transitions there um, from what they actually brought. I actually have played with beasts so little that I don't know if if either of you have any insight on what the first deck was doing. Let me know because I have I have absolutely no idea. Uh, well, yes, somewhat. Like the um, the the Mukla Crush combo is 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 very very good in my opinion. I, I've I've found them to be pretty effective because um, King Crush's <coughs> excuse me uh, King Crush's abilities seem like kind of wild. Like, but you don't know where he's going to attack. But but yeah, you do. Like. The, the Apex Predator always attacks the lowest health enemy, and, and it's a speed 5, so it can be difficult to predict exactly who's going to have the lowest health based on, you know, like, if your opponent ends up attacking you and they lower their own health, uh, Crush might attack the wrong target. True, but the fact that it's a death blow and a repeat comes into play once you factor in the attack bonuses that King Crush can get. Terrify gives you plus 5 when you do it. And then, then that that is a random attack. But attacking for plus five is important. Now, where that comes in, where that really gets kicked up, is with King Mukla, because Mukla uses primal power to not only give, excuse me, goodness, not only give uh, King Crush a, a a big attack boost, but also makes him immune while attacking. So King Crush doesn't have to you know get all the blowback damage from making all those multiple attacks. Uh, especially from from the first ability, so those two those two together can can really get things moving. Um, and I I notice a lot of people use Mukla's big brother, the equipment for Mukla, which at the start of the game you make uh, you know a, a fourth taunt minion. I personally like the 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 refreshing bananas to give extra health uh, for for the whole team because Mukla will just gives out so many bananas. It's it's ridiculous. Like it's 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 like if you've ever played, it's like playing Mario Kart, you know, just like bananas everywhere. <laughs> so you get lots of bonuses from the, from the bananas, you get health, you get attack bonuses from two different abilities. And like King Crush just becomes an absolute monster. Um, now he, of course he ends up dying quickly uh, just because he attacks so much. Um, but you know, it's, it does, he does a lot of damage before he goes down. And then Rexar just fits in naturally because of his uh, beast related abilities you know, a kill command is a very fast, high damage attack. You know, it's pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, I, I know some people like um, 
uh, Lady Anaconda, but like she's not really very popular and and competitive. It seems like like she was taken zero times, um, and it seems like beasts in general got taken very little uh, with the you know once once the 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 new mercenaries drop from the pirate expansion. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's not a beasts not as good, not as favorable as they used to be. But I, I definitely see where they were going with that. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes and sense. The uh, the big brother, right? I'm hoping I'm not messing that up. Uh, the taunt that comes out. Uh, a lot of people like to use that as well as just a taunt that starts the game, especially if you're expecting like Samuro at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, just as kind of a put a taunt in the way of that and prevent the Samuro from taking something important out early. So, you know, interestingly that this was, this was several weeks ago. And again, with these like initial decks too, that was before any of like the cookie or the pirates dropped. So they had to, they submitted those decks. Like what is probably three, three weeks ago, three and a half Uh, weeks ago by now. Something like that. Yeah. Um, early november yeah yeah so because because originally the tournament was going to be starting on november 7th and then there was a whole mess that happened and they had to switch venues and all sorts of craziness uh that changed it but um it was like uh i I feel like the samuro combos especially were really more prevalent at that point so I feel like that kind of led to people running that a little bit more as well. I think if they had to submit decks now, it might be a little different or they would use different uh, abilities. But it's, it's interesting to talk about it because I do feel like there's so much depth to these these mercenary fights, right? And what people can bring in these war bands and the kind of mix and match of how you're putting things together plus in addition to... Uh, what equipment you're playing with the with the different mercenaries that makes sense for sure for sure for sure i like i like that insight there yeah i've just i've never used i've never used any of the b stuff but we'll get i'll get to using that stuff eventually um for the renewed deck b again you know rag varden karen tavish diablo baron geddon you have a ton of combos here i'm not sure if there's a i mean obviously america's had a uh set start there but um very you know, immediately I see, okay, Ragnaros, Baron, Geddon, and uh, Tavish have a bunch of synergy. Varden Dongrass with the Chilling Amulet um, is also a, you know, fairly good start. It's one of those where you throw her out at the beginning and it's like, do you kill Varden or do you not kill Varden? If you don't kill Varden, you start getting frozen and slowed down all the time. If you do, uh, one of your mercenaries gets slowed. Um, Ragnaros can proc Baron. Tavish on turn two can actually proc both Rag and Baron Geddon's. Um, fire combos which is amazing uh that being said i don't know if you would want to throw out varandon graphs first or not because that uh combo comes down to with diablo you're you're really looking to varden to slow everything down to let the apocalypse and the fire stomp hit get a ton of damage there with the fire stomp um and then karen's just good i'm pretty sure karen was brought three times in almost everyone's lineup right yeah, pretty much everybody brought Karen. I, they had specific rules. We kind of talked about that like several weeks ago. But yeah, like having one mercenary in three different, uh, I'm calling them war bands, comps, decks, however yeah. you want to put it. <laughs> like uh, three of the four was the max that you could have. So you couldn't have like the same mercenary in all of your lineups. Um, 
they wanted to try to encourage a little bit of variety at least and and (laughs) force people to come up with some different stuff right um but yeah i feel like karen was definitely all over the place i think it was one of the two that were the most like there were uh, yeah, I can't remember. I, I have that. I have that right here. Actually, it's um. So the the top three uh, mercenaries that were selected were Karen Diablo and Samuro. They oh, were okay. taken the maximum number of times, uh, three times for uh, each America's APAC, uh, China and, and Europe. So everybody took it max. And then Cookie was taken nine times out of possible twelve. Malfurion and Ragnaros eight times out of uh, possible twelve. So like those six were in. Most or all of the possible deck uh, war bands. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I was like, I feel like it's two that they were like the <laughs> most popular, but I couldn't remember. But I knew Karen was up there for sure, and I feel like it still even remained popular after because, like, <sighs> Simba, you mentioned right, they had to submit these. Then Mercs came out, like the new stuff which was going to be fine or whatever. But then they also got to resubmit because there was a hot fix to Cairn and Blank Fox. And it was just, I, I feel like they had to traverse like so many issues. So it was really kind of crazy to look at the differences of these like comps and, and what they decided to put together. And I love that Cookie was brought because you talked about how, uh, you're like looking at cookie going, what is this? How does this work? And I, I feel like people are still doing that. Like from when it was released mm-hmm. to now, they're still looking at it going, how does this even work? But then once it's in that, you know, once it's actually in the game and things are going, then it's like, Oh, okay. I see. I see the synergies. I see the things happening, but looking at it, it's like, what, why do I want cookie? Yeah, because there's so many different combinations, right? If you look at it just from the aspect of Cookie is a Murloc, it doesn't make much sense. If you look at it from, you know, Cookie has decent equipment, okay, you put it in a comp where you need a bunch of health. Uh, and then, you know, then you could swap up. And, of course, like they did, you know, Cookie has nature abilities. Well, now everything is just starting to fall right into place. And then one of those nature abilities, of course, is a two-speed. Um, so it, it makes sense both why it's confusing and why they're using it in, in, in all these comps. And I, and I love the something so new they were just like yep this is good you know what i mean just this is good it shows that that was not only super creative but really awesome um from the creator side but then the, there's also so many so many just brilliant competitors that they have like i i don't even know if i would have leveled up cookie at that point now you know now i know now i know then i, I wouldn't have known i'd be like nope sticking with what i know yep like i said you know somebody's got to go out there and do do the wild stuff and and find the find the cool combinations. Yeah, wow, thanks. Right. Yeah, that one's fun. That one's just full of combos. Deck B was 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 full of combos um, that you can do. And um, slight side note, I mean, it's definitely relevant. I don't. I think that Karen being brought the maximum number of times speaks very 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 clearly to just like how good Karen is in general. Like, skip the you know having it proc on the reincarnation. It, it's basically an extra mercenary basically yeah. an extra you know body that you have to get rid of um but also the, the speed manipulation is just that good right you might have to be slightly more careful when you drop karen now right you drop fourth or fifth um but just the continuous i'm gonna slow you down i'm gonna speed you up i found you a dollar gotta be quicker than that like so good <laughs> so then uh that kind of pushes us into into deck c which uh they they took karen 
out of to make room for him somewhere else, right? So how did how did Dex see uh, change between the before and after? They brought Mukla back to the before with yeah. <laughs> Jaina Proudmore, uh, Varden Dongrass. So you got lots of freeze. Tavish Stormpike, which became, in my eyes, one of the best mercenaries if you use him correctly because of the fact that the traps stack. Like, Tavish is actually really good, um, especially with the rigged wiring. Diablo is in the pre-Dexy, Karen Bloodhoof, um, and then Malfurion and Stormrage. And then, like you mentioned, Karen got removed um, from this deck, and I guess that was actually to put him in deck B. He was always yeah. in deck D. I was going to say in deck D, but I just, I misread that. Um, so yeah, they put Karen in deck B, took him out of deck C. The new deck is Malfurion, Stormrage, King Mukla, Blademaster Samuro. Again, there's a third version, Sil- or the second version for uh, Americas. Sylvanas, Windrunner, Anduin, Rin, and Cookie again, which yeah. is super cool. I actually know nothing about Sylvanas. I have not unlocked Sylvanas. That makes me cry. But the uh, the original deck was based almost entirely on uh, speed manipulation. Um, Ice Block Talisman, bringing Jaina back. Chilling Amulet, freezing a mercenary whenever Varden dies. Tavish you're, is pretty much there guaranteed to uh, put those traps up and stack them. And then yeah. you'd put out... Probably start with Malfurion. Do you start with Malfurion here? You know, it's... um. I think Mukla is still part of that equation. I think, you know, Don is 100% on, you know, getting a taunt on board immediately uh, in order to to block Samuro because Samuro is such a strong opener. And, you know, actually, as I'm looking at these side-by-sides, they actually inverted B and C. So, like, if you look at the pre-B post-C, that's oh, that's a, that lines up a little more. So this is this is where they had put King Mukla in uh, in their yeah. lineups before, right? And they had Anduin. They swapped out Velen for Cookie. Um, but it's still a pretty different deck. And then you go pre-C, post-B, you have the two Vardens, the Tavish, the Cairn. Um, but then, so, you know, they, they took Baron Geddon in, deck, in the new deck B, which is fascinating. Like, I did not think Baron Geddon was ever going to see play. Um, so so him popping up is is fascinating to me. But yeah, like... This is where they needed the. They didn't have Cairn here, so instead of Cairn, they get they get King Mukla to set up the taunt, basically. Okay, so King Mukla, Blade Master Samuro, Cookie the Cook, potentially for a start, right? Because Cookie's uh, two speed, so you can just go ping double hit with Samuro, and Mukla's big brother has already set out a, a nice little taunt for you to try and protect that Samuro there, which is again just more more brilliant play. Um, yeah, and then you have your Malfurion. With all of the the nature buffs, um, Anduin for heals, and then again, I'm not sure how Sylvanas works. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm gonna I have to have to claim ignorance on that one too. I have I have also not prepped Sylvanas. She's the she's she's one of one of my uh, chases right now. So all right, I can do I this. Dawn did. Have you played? Do you have Sylvanas <laughs> Dawn? <laughs> yeah, Sylvanas is really interesting. She's one that um, so you you pretty much save her for last most of the time um because what kind of the the combo that happens is she has this banshee bolt that deals damage equal to this merc's attack okay and then you get the death volley equipment uh that deals damage uh 
on a death well there's a death rattle so if it dies but uh hold on yeah i opened mine too <laughs> I, yep, I was like wait i'm okay hold on i'm looking at this incorrectly i wanted to talk about the other the other ability first uh which is the second ability which is reclaimed souls to also gain plus attack for each friendly character that died this game okay so the combo if you play her out earlier she you can pick this death volley while she'll have uh, a death rattle on but i feel like a lot of times what ended up happening is uh Sylvanas would be like the last or second to last mercenary that's played out from the warband. And then you use the reclaimed souls. You get a buff of attack based on because you've already lost three or four uh, of your other mercenaries. So you get, and I mean, at rank five or the, you know, the level to five, it's gain plus five attack for each. So if you've had three mercenaries already die, you gain 15 attack and then you play the Banshee bolt that deals that 15 plus her, her already, you know, attack stats that she had to a Merc. And on top of that, That's then all- if you're doing, if it's a, a crits, I mean, you can see that damage adds up very, very quickly. That's a lot of damage. Yeah. There's a ton of damage. And I'm, I'm looking at the reclaimed souls. You know, you had you said up to five game plus five attack for each. Uh, specifically, wording I found wording has been very important in my long, long journey in Hearthstone. It says each friendly character, which means that you also get five for Mukla's big brother, and you would also get mm-hmm. five for any bear traps. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's usually paired with things that can and like uh, you see even in in this deck. C cookie is in there, right? So if you uh, doesn't cookie, you can summon fish and stuff. I think you can summon some for your own too. Or- or is it just the opponent side? Uh, they the, pop the up go on fish, the opponent? yeah, opponent with a death rattle oh, okay. that benefits you. Yeah. Okay, um, but Samuro, Samuro can mirror image because that yep. technically dies. And then yep. the uh, like you said, then the Mukla with the big brother, which you see is what they had slotted for that equipment. So if and that's why usually Sylvanas is brought out later because then that reclaimed souls it does have a one turn cooldown anyways. So. You're not going to want to be, and it's a 10 speed, like it's super slow. So you want to save Sylvanas till you've already had some stuff die, bring her out, use reclaimed souls first. And then on the next round, you do Banshee Bolt and like obliterate stuff. That's, that's sick. God, Dex C is a banger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, especially because there's no cooldown there, right? Like for Sylvanas, if you're putting her out last, everything just comes out free and clear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to that... use the reclaimed souls first mm-hmm. and then like on the next round of attacks the next round then you can use the banshee bolt uh the the downside and i think why we didn't see her more is that this was kind of a strategy that a lot of people were fairly familiar with and were coming up with uh strategies to kind of answer it <laughs> so like if you can you know save for some critical hits or prevent critical hits or have things that have like enormous health at the end, or even uh, on the other side of the board, you start putting out your a bunch of o- your own beasts and, and things like that. Then it made uh, it made it a little bit difficult to try to actually use Sylvanas properly. Plus, yeah, it like if if the opponent knows it's coming and they save some stuff, like Sylvanas can get picked off fairly easily. She doesn't have an insane amount of health. 
but yeah, yeah. and that that whole thing with um you know the samuro uh mirror images dying that that triggers that off is it's not only for for this specific comp but you know when you're when you're picking up treasures and stuff in the uh in your pve runs the the fact that you know the the mirror images die technically means a lot of other things can get triggered so kind of like keep that in mind like when you're when you're going through a run and you see a treasure that's based off of that that specific trigger if you have samuro in your in your warband yeah and and i think that's the reason why uh if you look at like for sylvanas spe- specifically you see such a difference in the or not sylvanas excuse me for samuro uh you kind of see that difference in the equipment that is chosen this is the only deck that for Blademaster Samuro they chose Sash of Illusion, and that is to combo with that Sylvanas. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. get those those illusions, they die. But in the other decks, the other war bands that they brought Samuro, they actually had a different equipment because it worked well. So uh, you can really see how picking and choosing how things are going to be working together and like which key pieces they were looking for impacted the success overall that's super cool phenomenal deck d actually didn't change which is <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> it was just good it was just <laughs> good d damn it anyways um <laughs> oh, oh wait wait yeah come on, come i was on. waiting you, i was like a little oh, bit water. <laughs> there it is i thought that's why we were <laughs> laughing and you knew i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm off my game i was i was i was reading abilities <laughs> Uh, alrighty. Took a drink of water. We're on to deck D. Vulgin with the Ring of Haste. Uh, Vulgin's actually really good. I have my Vulgin level 25 right now. I have him max in a day. Um, Natalie Celine, Splinter of Nordrasil. Did I even say that correct? Nordrasil, yeah. I think so. That sounds correct. Awesome. Yeah, that's a (laughs) that's a that's a cool um equipment since the Anathema and Benediction have no cooldown, but. Anyways, Blade Master Samuro with the Burning Blade, Diablo with the Black Soul Stone, Karen Bloodhoof with the Reincarnation, as it should be, and Ragnaros with Sulfurus. I have to assume that this comp was one that they wanted, um, like Ragnaros to do a bunch of clears at the end. Um, yeah. One thing that I don't want to say I noticed because it's pretty clear in all comp, but all these comps have you know two protectors, two fighters, two casters. Um, and since I didn't watch, I don't know. But I have to assume that everybody's playing one of each for their starting lineup. I have, I have to assume. I could be wrong. Um, is that what you guys have been seeing? Like, you bring two of each, then you play a protector, a fighter, a caster, and then, like, decide based on what happens, what you play next? Yeah, I think so. Like, it's... it's When you have, when you have zero information, you, you kind of have to have all your bases covered you know so that you don't miss any potential crits or get like double critted by by something if uh if they if they catch it by surprise you know yeah i don't think you probably starting with natalie yeah Maybe. i, I because think because the... yes well because shadow beam is a four speed yeah so you know you can still you can still pair it with uh with samuro because you can you just resolve the tie on the four um but i i, I think people prefer uh to go with something faster just in case there's there's some kind of sneaky snooky uh speed adjustment but like but Vulgin doesn't have anything that triggers like cookie has the, the speed too right so cookie's yeah. like a nice fit but but none of Vulgin's stuff opens on a on a four or faster so I, if you're opening with samuro i think you have to open with uh with natalie Change in this, that. Hold this on, particular I'm gonna look that up. 
Yeah. Vol'jin. Come here, buddy. All right. So we found Vol'jin, and then what is it? Shadow Shock one. Yes. At speed six, and then the ring is three speed faster. Ring of haste. Oh, three four. speed faster. Oh, so that Shadow actually bumps are three speed faster. Okay, so so Shadow Shock with the Ring of Haste becomes a th- two, three, three speed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, well, there I, you go. I, yeah, I don't Never have mind. Max. Yeah, Talking out the side of my mouth. I was just curious about. <laughs> I was just curious how far the Ring of Haste went. Um, yeah, that's true. Didn't think yeah, about that. It makes it makes Shadow Shock a three, Shadow Surge a two, and Curse of Weakness uh, a one speed. That's that's really good. Yeah. It's I really mean, good. having yeah, having f- his speed adjustment plus. Just having a fast opening ability is super good. Yeah. Fulgen, Samuro, probably Karen. I can't think of any reason that you would start with Ragnaros here. No, he's kind of like the he's 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 the he's batting cleanup, right? Like he's yeah, coming definitely, in on the fourth swing. Absolutely the, the designated hitter of this deck, for sure. And then I mean Karen with the reincarnation probably comes in hard four to speed up or slow everything down, followed by Natalie and Diablo. That is that is very cool though, that they did stick with the exact same deck list, exact same um, equipments and all that, which shows you that that deck by itself um, just is really good. I, I don't know if it's top tier. I mean, it was being played at the highest level. I don't know if it's currently top tier with everything that's been done with you know Cookie and Edwin and all that stuff. But very 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 solid deck. Yeah, I mean, I find that you know if if we're looking at the at at who took what, like uh, Natalie Volgen were both. You know, both taken once by each team, uh, so that's that means that this comp right here, this this, this deck D comp was very popular, and it it it, it saw a lot of play. So um, yeah, it's the look if you're if you're looking to competitive players for your for your your comps your warbands, uh, I mean any of these are are good starting positions, but obviously deck D has some some. F- firmness as a as a cornerstone for these uh you know for a conquest style you know so obviously it has it's good yeah and i do like natalie's uh the the splinter of nordrasil just because anathema benediction is so difficult to use when it's on cooldown and and you without it you you kind of are forced to use her in one form or the other um but having it zero cooldown means you can switch her on the fly and and be able to to change gears as needed which i find pretty useful i like utility when it comes to to cards so like having her be able to heal or harm as in the D parlance <laughs> you know is um it, it that's that's a nice feature of this particular composition yeah the versatility versatility is one of my favorite things in almost any game but especially stuff like this. it makes you think more and it also makes yeah. your opponent think more oh they could do what if, what if they do this what if they do that throw some throw some of your opponents off their feet give you more options to to restabilize your comp. That one, that one's. I'd like to try that one out yeah. myself. And it kind of speaks to, um, you know, in when in the in in larger card flipping uh, circles, you know, and uh, going back to the to the early history of, of such things, like the idea of a switch deck is is a is a a known concept for a reason. You know, being able to play one style and then transition into a different style to adapt to, you know, either the the game state or to your opponent's deck or both, uh, is is very valuable. Um, you know, and and it's you you find in some metas that switch decks that can switch gears tend to perform better than decks that are shoehorned into one style of play. 
uh, depending on how good that one style of play is in that particular meta. So, you know, versatility, it's very valuable. And, and I think it's it's worth keeping Natalie kind of in the back of your mind when you're making comps because of uh, her ability to switch uh, switch roles uh, on, on the Warband. I think that's super cool. Yeah, I, I think overall it was just a really cool tournament. And it was it was really awesome to see all of these comps, like, be talked about, be played. And each region had two members of the team that were for... Uh, like for the mercenary specifically, I don't know if we mentioned that, but for America specifically, uh, Luna Love and Frozen were the uh, pilots for mercenaries. So I know they did like a ton of prep, a ton of practice. Uh, Gia played APAC and then she ended up doing casting on the final night, I think. So like, yeah, there was, there was a lot going on there, but it was really cool to see them like, using these these mercenaries that we've seen like we talked about right we've talked about some different combos and then actually getting to see them like kind of play this in a big tournament like on a big stage i i think overall was just super super cool i'd love to see another one happen and see how like if they do a different format if the uh, overall war bands that they bring change at all i don't know i just it's it's fascinating i love seeing it yeah, and like I was, I was curious to see how how conquest would work out, you know, in this kind of format, especially with all the deck building restrictions that they had, and you know, it it there was there was pretty strong gravitation towards the best cards, uh, the best mercs um, that are current that, in the meta at that time. You know, this was of course pre patch, so we don't know what, how things have shaken up just yet, um, but. You know, there there were some some clear cut patterns, I think, in 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 the the deck building. Uh, so so having having a multi multi warband format was was a great way to kind of highlight how those uh, those composition synergies are are working and how people are are thinking uh, in far as far as their their composition building goes. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts on this main topic before we do a couple of fun little awesome plugs and things like that before we get into closing cookies a tier that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) yeah buddy (laughs) cookie is like that mercenary that you didn't know you wanted and then you look at it and still go i don't want that and then you play it you're like yes i love it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely all right um, well, real quick, I wanted to just talk about, or I guess plug kind of, I was so cool. I got to cast Masters Tour, some of the Masters yes. Tour anyways, last weekend. That was bomb. Oh, it was so cool. It was like, it was so surreal. Uh, I t- talked about it a little bit on like my stream and on, uh, on our other weekly podcast, but like, I remember at one point, I think it was like either Saturday night or Sunday night, um, because I got to cast on Friday. I was, you know, kind of getting ready for bed, and I was I was trying to watch a little bit uh, that I had missed over one of the days, and so I put on like the playlist of the vods, and I ended up falling asleep. And then at one point, I woke up to like, I think it was me and Derek casting, and it like I woke up and I was like oh my God, that's my face. Like, that's me. <laughs> that's me casting. Like, it was so crazy. It was like, it's still so surreal. But uh, I know it, it was standard and not mercenaries, but 
it was just, it was so cool. There was also some like teasing type of stuff going on between like a bar and Eric Elliott, uh, from the, uh, from the, the blizzard team, uh, kind of talking on Twitter to Salissa and stuff about, Oh, I, you know, we really enjoyed the BGs. I wonder if we could do BGs in the future. So it seems like they're, they're really hinting at some more stuff. So I can't wait until next year. We're going to get uh, information on next year's competitive scene on December 18th when we get the uh, the World's Championship. So I'm curious to see if they're going to include mercenary stuff in that or maybe even do like more, you know, invitational type stuff. But I hope so. But I just wanted to to make sure that I, I kind of plugged that because it was like it was such a cool thing. It's so crazy. And people from from what I saw, people in, in on Twitter really enjoyed your casting. So I'm I say congrats. I think you did a great job. I, I, they're gonna they're gonna come. They're gonna ask you back again. I, I gotta believe they would. Wow. Yeah, almost guaranteed. I was there for a little while on on day, and um, I had a great time. I was able to set it down, go do some stuff, follow along with exactly what's happening, come back, take a glance at the board, exactly where I was at. It was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was a blast. I'm I'm so glad that people did like it so much. But you know what else is really, really cool that we're going to hype up because we love hyping other people up and lifting each other up and celebrating. But, Cinder, what do we got? Yeah. Oh, y'all. So I, th- this... Not, not only is, is this just great on its own, but I think it's great for us because I feel like it takes a little pressure off of us. <laughs> so there's a new podcast out there, y'all. It's called The Fighting Pit. Uh, it is hosted by Tankster and Malahu, uh and Zombies Going Nom Nom. And uh, this trio, you know, are, are some of, like, if, if you wanted to follow people who are really, really good at, at Mercenaries PvP, those are three people you should definitely follow on twitter a but now they have a podcast they're doing their own thing it's very specifically focused on the pvp side of uh of mercenaries so they're gonna go into deep dives and probably make me look like a total moron as far as mercenaries goes because they, they got the big brain and uh and I, I can't wait to start listening i think they're on episode two already i feel like i need to catch up but uh yeah go follow their their podcast find it it's called the fighting pit it's on spotify follow tankster follow Mullahu, follow zombies go nom nom and level up your pvp game that's the place to be and hopefully maybe we'll get one of them to, to come visit us one day soon phenomenal that'll be a cool one yes absolutely i know i got to the day after mercenaries came out Mullahu and i did casting and yeah just like, I felt like I was pretty good. You know, I'm like, all right, I kind of know what I'm talking about. But man, listening to Molhu talk, I was like, oh my God. I was like, do I yeah, even no, know anything it's... about this game? <laughs> like... <laughs> That's amazing. Man, it, it really is. It's it, they, they really are on, on another level with the PvP stuff. So yeah, check it out. Yes. And I think is tankster is the one that you were you were kind of talking about and mentioning earlier, right? There was there yeah. was some banter let's say some suggestions and banter going on between some of us on twitter uh about potentially doing some sort of like listener series listener league type thing oh yeah uh between uh you know our our audiences so if that is something that you would like to you know be involved in or you would like to even see and hear us talk about uh, between the two shows then you know let us know 
And there are tons of places you can go to let us know about that and and keep up to date with anything that might be happening. So you can find our episodes on YouTube, everywhere you can find audio podcasts and on Twitter at Spirit Healer Pod. Email us at spirithealerpodcast at gmail.com. Jump in our Discord. Uh, We have that posted on our Twitter and everything as well in our show notes. So jump in there. Join us. You know, let us know if you would like to see some sort of uh, mercenaries popper type thing uh, between between the show listeners. But we definitely want to thank Purple Cat for the use of the amazing music that we use for the show. And to find more from each of us, you can find me over on Twitter at Donnie DK, D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. Find me on Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider DK, and every week talking about standard hearthstone at the dr 3 hs podcast cinder where can people find more from you just go to the twitters it's uh at cinder ascendant uh and uh my minor personal news just wanted to share the the great news to everybody i signed the contract i am official i am working for magic the gathering (laughs) y'all yay so exciting that's so cool cool. congrats yeah i i love magic the gathering so like you're stoked and i'm trying to pretend like i'm not stoked for like <laughs> sake of the project but like that i like hype boy i'm like bouncing around and shit i love magic yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm super excited I'm, I'm a long time you know car- cardboard paper flipper that's i mean that's why i got into hearthstone to begin with i was like warcraft and card game wow so yeah this is going back to going back to my roots and actually work working having a big boy job doing it for realsies oh it's so cool y'all yes um, okay, Simba, where can people find more from you? Because I know that you're also hyping up your own stuff and doing a bunch. Where can we find you? Simba TV underscore S I I M B A TV underscore on all the platforms. If you're looking on YouTube, take the underscore away and you'll find it. And let me know what kind of YouTube videos you guys want to see. Because I'm playing like six games right now and trying to put out a bunch of cool stuff. Um, it's been a good time. So. Hope thank you guys for always checking us out. Yeah, yo, just gonna say like we're we're recording slightly later than we normally do right now because Simba had a really hot storybook brawl stream going and I, we didn't want to interrupt him. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> definitely go check him out. I know he's watching him and then he's he's wrapping up his stream and he just casually goes, "Oh yeah, there there's my rating. Okay, oh I'm just sixteen hundredth in the world for this game." Yeah, I- <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, what you're you're doing? How well? And hearing him, I'm like, I tried that game, and I was like, I am so bad at this. And he's just casually like, yeah, I play like six games, and I'm kind of just really good at all of them. I- <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> mostly mostly the strategy games. Oh, I'll play a game for you guys. Halo just dropped. I know nobody cares about Halo, but the new Halo just dropped, and that's a game that if you guys want to sit and laugh at, yeah, watch me play Halo. Okay, we need to do that because you are just way too good at too many games. But I like that you are so good at so many games because I can learn things from you. <laughs> oh, it's been a lot but, of fun. Storybook Brawl is amazing. Yes. So there you go. If you want to get better at mercenaries, you want to learn more about Storybook, you want to, you know, kick it with somebody who's now working for uh, Wizards of the Coast on Magic the Gathering, we got you covered. We. I mean, Cinder and Simba got you covered. I'm just like, I can talk and oh, make things you, sound nice. <laughs> you just cast for the actual, com- you know, Hearthstone company m- makers. 
That's all. <laughs> I was like, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, I want that job. I'll trade you. <laughs> yeah, and before anybody throws me any heat, I'm in. I'm in the art department. I don't do development. Don't don't at me with any cards that suck or are op. I don't. That's not my. That's not my department. <laughs> no, that's right. You just make things look amazing. Yeah, that's it. But uh, I'm I'm so I'm so hyped. Y'all are doing so much, and I'm so proud of you. We're all just kicking butt at what we're doing and we hope that you all enjoy everything that we've got going on hope that you enjoyed this episode as well this kind of deep dive and and discussion about uh some of those war bands that were brought to the tournament and again let us know anything that you would like to see in the future if uh something like a listener series a listener league between us and the fighting pit you know, if you want to be a part of that, let us know. We'll see if we can get something put together and planned for that. But otherwise, from from us here, thank you for choosing us as your resting place of choice. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.